Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Okay, there's only two roots of evil. Two makes it simple. I don't care how many books you read, but 45,000 roots of evil. There's two roots of evil. There's not a single person in here who did not have these roots of evil growing in your lives. Not a single person in here. So if you've never recognized these and dealt with them, now, it doesn't say it's just like one. It means every, okay, okay, get this, get this, get this. Because I did some gardening. When you plant a seed, bloop, it gets what? A root. Okay, so even though there's only two roots of evil, it doesn't mean you only have two situations where that root is growing. Get what I'm saying? So you might have pulled up a root of evil here or bitterness. The love of money, which is selfish ambition, taking care of self, vows like I'd never be poor, vows like I'm going to do whatever. There's not a single person right now who's operating in the corruption that's going on in the world and trying to play a Christ that does not have a truckload of the love of money roots growing in them. Okay. It doesn't mean you have money. It means you look to money. You make your decisions based on money. Everything has more to do with money than it has to do with God's will for your life. Women who won't protect their kids from an abusive spouse, and it really is abuse. It's not, so you got some people who blame a guy and the guy didn't do any more than they did, okay? That's why it's such a bunch of mess. That's why the courts don't even listen anymore, just so you know. So quit wasting your money trying to make somebody else look worse than you. Right? The courts know. Forget it. My personal view would be I would like for the courts to be completely out of marriage and completely out of divorce. Y'all do everybody, do whatever you want. But then if you're a true Christian, you will have a Christian marriage. Holy Spirit will be in it. You'll know he's in it. His presence will be in it. And once he does it, it's to stay except for adultery, which doesn't mean messing with your kids, just so you know. And you have to separate if there's anger in that. But in the perfect situation as a Christian, you waited and married a Christian. And so God knows if you're really married a Christian, we can handle all this. How many know the church is so far away from true biblical Christianity in the word of God, led by Holy Spirit, that it's a gigantic mess out there in the church. So you need to start with yourself and then watch God work in your family, then work with your kids and just keep this going. But bitterness. So we're not going to do the spirit. The, we're not going to do the root of the love of money today. That'll come up sometime. But bitterness. 
All right? I want you to see. Now, everybody knows, if you heard the teaching here, the, the bottom core of bitterness goes down to, why did God let this happen? Why did God not stop this? So we're blaming God for what the devil's done, and we don't understand our position as human beings on the planet of the only way we can have authority over sickness, the only way we can have authority over abuse, the only way we can have authority over losing our jobs and it not be God's will. The only way you have authority has nothing to do with what Jesus is doing now. It has to do with what he's already done. So the sickness in your body, you have the authority over it if you have Jesus Christ as Lord. If you don't hear, you have authority to get your hearing back in the name of Jesus. Okay, that's how it works. We're not to judge each other as who's more spiritual. For, can I just put this out there? Whatever you judge gets to come back at you. So does anybody want to judge somebody in this room? How many want more things coming at them than you already got? Raise your hand and we'll just send them all your way. Oh, no, you do. Oh, <laughs> All right, I was going to send them all that way, but I, I think her dad's been praying too hard for that to happen. So anyway, do you understand what I'm saying? So we judge not, least we be judged in the same measure that we judge. That's a spiritual law. So everybody in here say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not judging anything. And I repent of every judgment I've ever made. And I cancel its assignment in Jesus' name. Whoa, and mean it, okay? You can mouth anything you want, but you got to mean it with your heart, okay? Now, I want you to get this. So I was praying about this, and it's so cool because of my prayer about this, and God showed me something about this. I was praying for a totally different situation than a situation that came up on Friday, and it was because of that revelation he gave me for something else I was praying about for someone else who doesn't even go here that... That answer came, so somebody got such freedom on Friday that it's amazing, and that I know that I know that I know that somebody's going to be having a really healthy baby really soon. Bitterness is when the enemy does something, and it shocks you, it surprises you, it stings you, and it hurts you. It doesn't have to be real heavy-duty deep. Any traumatic thing that happened in your life definitely is where a seed goes in for the roots of bitterness to grow. And, and the devil does this before you even know Jesus, okay? And he still tries to do it afterwards. Now, you take that with an inner vow. Okay, for example, I'll just use this one situation I'm talking with somebody else about these days. In my family, there's a curse a generational curse of mischief. And actually, too many people in our family laugh and kid about some of the stories that someone in my family tells when they really operated under mischief. What's mischief? Mischief, God hates mischief. Mischief is looking for trouble. It's looking to see where I can throw a rock and break somebody's window. It's looking to see where I can cause trouble. It looks to see when can I set up a, off an alarm and cause the police to come. It's looking to see how can I do something, maybe funny, but basically get in trouble. And in our family, my family, there's somebody we all love and we all tell the stories because thank God God got a hold of him. Thank God he never went to jail. Thank God he never killed anybody. But that spirit leads to violence. That spirit leads. There's not a single person operating in the corruption that's going on now that doesn't have a spirit of mischief. 
Now, let's just say someone was growing up. One thing when you relate mischief, and all this is going to be talked about in detail in March. I don't have time this morning. God just wants me to deal with some people's stuff today so people get free. So mischief, we make it look like it's cute. Oh, they're so mischief. No, it's not cute. It can start cute. It can start with a little kid saying something mean. It can start with a little kid cussing and everybody laughs. You're encouraged. Mischief, if you look up this scripture, it actually, mischief goes along with cursing. So when you hear somebody cursing, especially a young kid, and they're also mischievous, and everybody thinks that's cute. Can't we get there? It's not cute for somebody mischievous. It's not cute for somebody to do evil. It's not okay just because they're young for them to do something. And we live in a culture now where we're not that concerned with, with children having manners. Or we're not that concerned with children doing what's right in the eyes of God. And we actually feed a spirit of mischief that can grow up. There's no one doing horrific things and stealing and robbing and the whole mess we're seeing in our nation who didn't start with mischief most of them doesn't mean everybody will get to mischief but it means there's a devil of mischief that's the name of it now let's say let's say God, i gotta get the scripture let me see if i can find this god put all this together for me um i think it was five in the morning he'd already showed me some other things I want, I want to say this because some of y'all don't come on Tuesdays. So I've got to sometimes surprise you on a Sunday morning. Because I love you. Because I have to give account for your lives and how God wants you free. And I've always learned whatever I'm preaching, other people always come and say, thank you, thank you. So it's not just for you. So, But can I say this? If it needed to be just for you, then thank God he cares that much. But he also knows so many people have this stuff. All right. Just really quickly. Hebrews 12, 15. Look diligently. Be careful. Lest any man fail from the grace of God. And a root of bitterness springs up. Causing trouble. And many are defiled. And I'm on, like I said, we're going to do this in really detail in March. Because defile means other people are affected by it. Your children are affected by it. Your friends are affected by it. Your coworkers are affected by it. If you have a place in a church, the church is affected by it. The Lord gave me this dream during me praying about all this over the last few days. Bitterness is something that pierces your soul. And then it stands out in your memories. And then you put it up in the attic. You don't deal with it. And you pull it down occasionally. So you're able to just shove it away. But every now and then it shows up. It's like it, you go up in that attic and it begins. The Lord gave me a dream about people going up in the attic and, and something evil being there. So it's hidden there. And it's kind of cool because we were doing, um, uh, Caleb came and helped me do a deliverance on, on a man um, uh, in, another, in another state one time recently. And... Um, and he literally saw the spirit that I knew was in this person. It was a spirit of violence and anger that almost never showed up. And then he said, there's, he said, I see it like up in the very corner edge of his brain, like hiding, like up in the attic. And because he has a seer anointing, he saw it. And boy, we called that thing out. And that man got free. And, and he's just amazing. And that only bothered him once in a while. But it got to a point where he hit somebody he thought he'd never hit. And so let me tell you, some of this stuff is in there, and it all of a sudden, they do something you never thought possible. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's violence. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it comes to the surface. It's a spirit. 
You don't punish spirits. You cast spirits out. You cast spirits out. But you have to see if something's stirred up in you. So when I was finding this scripture, I don't see if I wrote it down in here. Let me get to it all. But if you look at, look at Ephesians 4.26. Let me go to Ephesians 4.26. I want everybody to see how bad mischief is. And I repent for uh, laughing at the stories from someone in my family that I love. And thank God nobody was ever really hurt. But truthfully, some of the things that um, this person in my family did with mischief could have had them murdered. It could have had them murder somebody. It could have had his family in danger. There were things that happened growing up where people would call and threaten us because of this operating um, there was a situation later where I was in a situation where I had to almost take someone to court who was running my car off the road and trying to hurt me. And I never even till right now see the, the connection of that being allowed to happen because we laughed about the mischief that a person, it was my dad, operated in. And so I'm not telling those stories anymore as cute. Thank God for God's divine protection. Thank God nobody was ever killed. Thank God I wasn't killed. Thank God, because we've got to quit making light of evil, even when they're little. Because what I entertain and what I act as okay is just going to get bigger. Proverbs 6.16, there's six things the Lord hates, and seven are hateful to his soul. A proud look, I'm not going to, we have teaching on all of these. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Can I just say God hates the murder of babies in the womb. Okay? He hates it. When God tells you there's seven, six things I hate, let me add a seventh. How many know those are things we should never have anything to do with? Amen. Even if you're not spiritual. But listen what he puts with that. A heart that plots evil plans. We got so much good teaching. Here's the big one. Feet that run to mischief. It's like they don't, it's like they takes over. They have to go and do this. So they have to go and throw rocks. They have to go and, and, and bug somebody. They have to, go. it's a demon that is ordering their steps and causing them to go do things. And it's not Holy Spirit. And it's not the flesh. A false witness who breathes lies and one who causes strife among the brothers. My sons, keep your father's commands and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them to your heart forever. Tie them around your neck. When you go, it shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall watch over you. When you awaken, then meditate with it. All right. Where was the one I was saying I wanted to do? Ephesians 4. Okay. Like I said, we don't have time to do all this. We have teaching on this. This is a powerful, powerful, powerful scripture of how things work and the enemy comes in to destroy. But let's just go to the part. Um. In 4.22, for you have to put off the old man in regards to your former behavior that's been corrupted according to deceitful lust. And you have to renew, you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on the new man, which according to God was created in righteousness and holiness. Therefore put off false, speak, put off lying, speak truth each to his neighbor because we're all members of one another. Now here's a big one. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun do get, go down on your wrath. Okay. That means you cannot shove anger down. 
You cannot just shove anger down. If you shoved anger down as a child, if you shoved anger down, that's your way of handling with something that made you angry. Then what's going to happen? You're going to have outbursts of anger. It's going to come up when you don't expect it. It's going to come up when you didn't think you even had an issue. And most people will say, well, they're so quiet and nice. But what happened is you didn't deal with that anger. Okay, so how do we deal? If we don't deal with anger, it goes into bitterness. So I'm just going to give an example. If, for example, you had a situation in your home as a child. And so let's say there was one child in your family who had this thing of mischief. And they were always getting all the attention. And they were causing everyone in the family to worry about them. Even to the point where in your thinking you were so mad you wish you could just make them behave or you would stop them from hurting your father or hurting your mother or causing trouble all the time. Let me tell you what, this is what happens when addicts come in and then people try to pamper that addict and all of a sudden the whole family, everything's about the addict. Everything's about them and not letting them go off and making sure they're taken care of. And what you're doing is you're literally putting roots of bitterness into everybody else because they can't say, you know, if they say, well, you know, why don't you do something with them instead of pamper this mess? Then basically, oh, you're bad. You don't care. Do you, see, do you understand? I'm just giving one example. There's thousands of, ex- millions of examples. But it's that situation where you don't, the parent doesn't handle it led by Holy Spirit and they think they are and they're trying to control everything and then there's guilt put on everybody and that root of bitterness goes down. Okay, if it's not handled... If it's not gone and pulled up and God heal it and forgive the people, forgive your parents, forgive yourself, whatever you have to do. I don't have time to teach that. Go to the teaching, but listen good. Okay, so let's say you shoved it down and shoved it down and there's anger in there and anger in there and, and you're, you handle it. For one thing, it can give you heart problems. Another thing, it can give you high blood pressure. It can give you anxiety attacks. It can give you, do you understand? These things are, these things are real and Satan can manifest physically. Every physical manifestation in our health has to do with a spiritual, a spiritual reality. Okay, everything is spiritual, so everybody get used to it, okay? Because we're creating the image of God. If everything wasn't spiritual in your life, then you're not going to heaven. Everything's spiritual there, people. So you shove it down. And it could be little things. Critical parent, critical parent. And that's what Karen's going to talk about in February, how it finally came out of her that she wasn't saying what she needed to say. Or if she did, it would blow up a little bit and only people close to her ever saw it. God wants you to deal. Wherever there is an anger issue, there is a bitter root. So let me put the mischief and the bitter root together because one scripture I came across talked about all that. It talked about, I can't find it right now, I don't have time, but it talked about that the, the person wouldn't, um, they were hurting their mother. They wouldn't, that, that they were not listening to their mother and it was hurting their mother. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is pretty cool for some things I'm praying about. And then it talked about mischief and the same thing. And then it talked about anger. So let's say 
that you had somebody in your family or your children had things happen in their lives and you want to know how to pray for them and you wonder why they wanted to go to church. Why don't they get right with God? Why is my, why is my spouse still upset about stuff? Okay, I'm telling you why. There's roots of bitterness. What that means is Satan strategically did a surprise on them and something happened and they didn't know God or they didn't know these teachings and the truth about God's word. So they handled it by pressing it down and pressing it down and pressing it down. I'm promising you that is either going to show up in a physical problem, a mental problem, or an anger and rage issue that happens later. Now, Satan doesn't care that he's made somebody not physically unable to handle it. That's where the parent has to handle it. That's where the parent has to recognize this has to be frustrating to my child. This has to be hurting my child. Bullying is an example at school. Different, do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe they're too young to understand it. It's the parent's responsibility led by Holy Spirit to go in there and pull up that root so it won't defile many later on in life. So all of a sudden they hit the age of 40 or they hit the age of whatever. They have their first child and all of a sudden they're crazy acting. Don't blame the spouse. Stop and look at that person and say, Lord, where did bitterness get in there? Even someone who mentally can't handle. Mm. Okay, these are spiritual laws. These are not natural laws. So that root of bitterness can get into a child that you don't even think maybe they, they have some emotional issues or they have brain damage or they have mental issues or they have health issues. See, when my son was so sick, I went in every time and healed those places. I sought the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, don't let that bitterness get in. And then as I grew up, I saw places where it did, and I got in the spirit, and I went in, and I brought healing, and I talked to them without trying to be the Holy Spirit and helped them to get free. That's why he says train up a child in the way they should go. People does not just read the word to them legalistically. You cannot hide where there's been bitterness. Your kids can't handle it. Your little kids can't handle it. If there's been a divorce, if there's perversion in the home, if there's things going on that's not right, if they're taken from here to here and foster care and all this stuff, bitter, bitter roots. So why wait till they grow up and have to be on a truckload of meds and go to psychiatrists and all this kind of mess? Why don't we do what God's given us the authority to do? Because he came to undo those works. And so for one thing, as a parent or someone, repent. Repent for not seeking God in those situations. Repent. See, you even repent for things you didn't know. Why? Because his word is true and his spirit's here. You could have known repentance is a good thing okay can everybody get that repentance means i get a do-over repentance means oh i didn't know that then i didn't do it right then but i can cry out to god now and really repent and recognize what the devil did and recognize how i didn't do it right and guess what god says yes here i am your superhero for real to deliver this family to set them free to heal this to break this off we need God every single moment of our lives. Amen. And we have him. So you get before God and you really pray, God, forgive me. I, I didn't, I wasn't hungry enough to know how to hear this. I didn't, I, no excuses, God, just forgive me for not taking care of this. See, because he doesn't care why you didn't, okay? It's not important why you didn't. 
Even if it was intentional, it's still under the blood if you repent. But how many know most things aren't intentional? How many know the ways your parents hurt you wasn't intentional? I never intentionally hurt my kids. I've never intentionally hurt my husband. I've never intentionally hurt anybody who came to me for ministry or to this church. That doesn't mean I haven't hurt people. So how do you go after? So I want everybody to stop. Let me just finish this one thing. So let's say that this person or person, let's just say this girl. Let's just say she had somebody in the family who who was an addict and took all the attention. They would run away from home and not tell anybody where they were. The mom was upset. The whole focus was that. Nobody knew what was going on. And that, that girl who had her sister doing this stuff, just so you know, I changed the details. But the, prince, the, the story is the same. Okay? And I may not change it just to fool you to think that I changed it. But what happens is that bitterness gets in there. What's the bitterness? I hate that sister for getting in drugs. I hate that she's doing this to mom and dad. I'm tired of all the attention being there. I'm tired. Do you see All of a sudden, many are being defiled. All right, and let's say you handle it okay or you think so. And everybody thinks you're really kind and maybe you are and there's some real fruit in your life. And then all of a sudden, you get in a situation and you start to see the same mistake. See, it's mischievous, or the mischief is the spirit that people run to drugs for, okay? So mischief is a spirit that has you run to evil, okay? Just get that. So if you know somebody who's an addict or an alcoholic, they also have a spirit of mischief, okay? If you had a brother or sister who ran away from home in a minute, it's a spirit of mischief. If you get in trouble, if you're causing trouble in school, does everybody get what I'm saying? So the true... That person who, say, has an addict um, sister who messed up everything in the family, as far as they're concerned, that your family would have been messed up even without that, just so you know. Without Christ, it's all messed up. But the focus got there. Okay? So then, somehow the enemy brings mischievous or mischief into your next generation because you judged that person. That'll never happen in my family. We'll never have anybody like that. That's a judgment. Outside of God, you can't decide anything that's going to happen in your family, right? So then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you've got this whole thing and it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? And all of a sudden this anger that's been bottled up for a long time comes out and you're trying to control that mischief in that other person because you're so wounded for where that spirit hurt you as a child. Does this make sense? If you come to any teaching here, it would make a lot of sense. So now what do we do? We go back and repent. We ask God to let it. Sometimes you just got to get alone and scream and yell. Even at that sister who did all that. It's okay, even if they're dead. It's okay to let that out. We had somebody in the church, I won't say who, who thought they were handling everything fine. And so God had us, I can't remember, we got a baseball bat, a plastic one and some beanbag chairs, and we said, hey, God showed me there's a lot of anger in you, and they're like, oh, they're so quiet, they're never angry. I said, well, I'm going to count to three, and God's going to bring that anger up. That person beat the tar out of those beanbag chairs. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm glad we didn't let him hit us, okay? That's bottled up bitterness. 
I might tell everybody to go home and beat beanbag chairs if you need to, but don't beat people. Amen. Road rage didn't just happen because somebody pulled in front of somebody. Amen. You've got to deal with it. Only in Christ can you deal with it. Otherwise, you're going to be on meds, going to counseling forever, all this other stuff. None of this stuff can be dealt with. Spiritual things can only be dealt with by Holy Spirit believers casting demons out. And you are them. You are the people who can cast demons out. But you've got to recognize they're there. Don't hide behind religion. There's people in here hiding behind religion. You can't cast nothing out if the devil's got you religious, just so you know. He can fake you and make you think so. That's the whole thing behind religion. Religion makes you think you're okay with God when you're so hurt and messed up and demonized. You can't fool God and you can't fool people who have discernment that God has given it to them to help you. So, what do you do? Well, first of all, you repent of, you repent of judging your parents and how they handled things. You repent of judging your brother, your sister, whoever in the family messed up, what you would say messed up the family. You break all judgments of saying, I'd never have that in my home. I'd never handle it that way. Anything about judgments, you can find all this on the web, but you've got to break judgments. I'd never do that. I'd never say that. All of those are judgments. I'd never act like that. All of those are judgments. You don't know what you would do. You don't know what you would say. You don't know what would happen if the enemy attacked you and set up the same things. You don't know. That's why we don't judge. And so you really break judgments. And then you go before God and you deal with bitterness. See, when God says, don't let, he doesn't say, don't be angry. He says, don't sin with it. When you press anger down, you're sinning with it. When you make inner vows, I'll never do that, or I'll be in control, you're sinning with it. And people, when you do that, you really invite the devil into your physical issues. Quit judging people who blow up and scream and act crazy. They just, they're either handled it different than you or they're doing exactly what the devil's setting you up to do. Get out of the judging business and ask God to help. Ask him to rescue you. Ask him to get bitterness out. So how would I get bitterness out? You actually see when there's an issue happening in your life and it provokes anger. It provokes cursing. It provokes something that you know isn't going to happen to you if you're in heaven. And then you sit down with God and you say, okay, this is what provoked it. But for it to be this strong acting in my life, even if it's occasional, it probably goes deeper than this situation, especially if you're an adult Christian who, who has the kind of teaching we've had here, Okay. So then you have to say, what exactly is this? What, where, why is it almost like a temper tantrum that I'm throwing as a grown person? Because there's a hurt person, there's a hurt place in you, locked down in bitterness that never expressed that anger. So, so how do you do that now as a grown up? You get before God. 
and you ask Holy Spirit to take you back to that situation and you forgive the person who operated in mischief, which led to addiction, whatever it is, okay? I'm just doing one specific thing. You ask God to forgive you for being their judge. You ask God to forgive you for hating them. You ask God to forgive you for blaming your parents' issues on them instead of realizing your parents could have turned to God. Your parents could have read the word and known this. Your parents could have quit enabling it. Not, that's none of your business, right? Right? But reckon, how many know most people have done this stuff wrong? Most people have done life pretty wrong, right? And maybe they're all in a different church that did it all right, but they're not here. And, and there's no condemnation in Christ. He just wants you free. He wants your children free. He wants your grandchildren free. He doesn't want everybody drugged up. He doesn't want everybody um, having to go to counselors nonstop and, and people to, to do that. He, he came and undid the works of the enemy. He really wants you free. Isn't that good? And when you want to be free and recognize all freedom starts with repentance, not trying to control or change somebody else's behavior. Now, here's the cool thing. If it's a little child you're dealing with or someone who cannot reason for themselves for whatever reason, when you get free and you ask God to forgive you for judging mischief, the minute I get free from judging mischief or judging addiction or judging whatever I judge, criticism, whatever I judge, maybe you had a critical father, maybe you had a critical mother, maybe you had a mean bossy sister, whatever, you get before God and you repent of becoming their judge. What does that mean? God, that job belongs to you, not me. Forgive me because I don't want that coming. First of all, I don't want to take your place, God, because that's impossible. But I don't want the enemy to have authority now to give me a critical attitude, even if I'm able to keep it in my head. I don't want the enemy now to be able to touch my children or my grandchildren with mischief because I never gave into it, but because I judged it, now the enemy has a legal right to try to get it into my family. Now, let me say this. One believing spouse sanctifies the children and makes them holy, which means your husband or your wife does not have to even care about getting free before you can have your children living the way they should. But if both people are Christians and both people are going to church and God wants, God wants everybody to grow up, okay? But I'm thankful that you can't sit here and blame your ex-husband or blame the per you know, you married him. <laughs> but thank God for God. Now, he may say you have to say something to them, and then you do. What's it called? Obedience. Does anybody get it? If he calls a word obedience, it means it's probably not something easy to do. Because it's hard to say, oh, you love me because you obey me, when it's like, go do something you love to do. How many of the obedience comes in when it's something you don't want to do, something you don't want to face, something you don't want to talk about, something you just want to shove down? How about if we get to a place where we're not so sick we're not so uh, losing our minds in our old age. We're not so messed up because we actually thank God for repentance. And we actually thank God that he came to deliver us. And we actually thank God he undoes the work of the enemy. We actually thank God that we can now really, in our prayers, or however, help our children. So 
in this situation and any situation, there's not a formula, but there are steps. And I don't care what order you're doing. So there's repentance has to come. Whenever there's not victory, you need repentance. Whenever there's your health isn't healed, you need repentance. Repentance is awesome. Repentance is not condemnation. Repentance is putting Holy Spirit, yielding to Holy Spirit to say, help. Okay, we need to change this. We'll change it. Okay, we need to repent of this. We'll do it. It's really putting Holy Spirit in there because he convicts. He doesn't condemn. And that's another whole teaching. If you're under condemnation, you need to get free. And I got teaching for that. All right. Well, the word of God has teaching for that. Now, what would you do next? So what, let's just say in this situation where the scripture God gave me last night that had the mist. Okay. So let's just say I'm going just by the scripture he gave me last night. In that scripture, there's a mom who this uh, son is not um, respecting. The son is, is causing trouble to and... In this situation, the, the, the spirit that's operating on the sun is mischief and bitterness. It's cool God would give me a scripture where that is. I can't find it right now, but he gave it to me last night. So the first thing, let's say that, that you're in this situation and you're either a, an adult brother or you're an adult sister. You're somebody who could have some authority or you're the, you're the father in this thing or the husband in this thing. And all of a sudden, you're triggered by your own anger and bitterness from things you saw as a child. Is everybody get, catching what I'm saying? Now, you have to go back there first. And you have to say, my reaction to this goes beyond, and it causes it to get worse. And there's so much anger with it. So God, help me. Help me with this. And then forgive and forgive the people in your past that brought this bitterness in you. Forgive the people in your past that you judge and, and break the power of those judgments, okay? In other words, make a clean slate and then take that anger that goes all the way back to your childhood instead of having it show up in tantrums and rages. Take that anger and lay before the Lord. Lay before the Lord. Say, Lord... I didn't know how to be angry and not sin. So I just thought I wouldn't be angry. But that's impossible because you wouldn't tell us to be angry and not sin if we weren't going to be angry. Everybody said it's okay to be angry. It's biblical to be angry. It's not biblical not to be angry. The key is not sinning. So to not sin, I have to forgive. I have to break judgments. I have to put it in the hand of God and I have to ask God to take care of me and to order my steps. Wow, I feel that. So I hope some of you take this home with homework tonight and realize I need to do this. I need to really take the situations where there's anger. I need to take the situations where there's bitterness. I need to do, you need to do this before you try to change your children. You need to do this before you try to control your children. You're not supposed to control them anyway. You need to do this. Why? Because that's always there. It's always there with the devil mocking you and laughing and basically saying, you have no authority to do this. Does, doesn't this make sense? See, this is real. It's a real kingdom. There's a real kingdom of darkness. There's a real kingdom of God. 
It's exciting because we have something to do besides taking medicines and meds and all this mess and sitting and counseling. And, and I mean, you know, TV, they make it, they say they're Christian, but they make it sound popular. Well, my, my therapist said, well, I have a therapist. His name is Holy Spirit. And he works really quick. I have a doctor. His name is Jesus. By his stripes, I'm healed. And it shows up in my body, I'm healed. And if it doesn't, I ask him to give me wisdom to go to a doctor while I'm still going after the spiritual things so that I don't die in my process of not being free enough yet to get healed. It's not about faith. I don't have if I had faith. If you already had the faith, which is relationship from hearing God and obeying God, you wouldn't even be in some of these messes. So quit blaming it. Don't, I'm not going to the doctor because I have faith. No, if you had faith, you wouldn't be sick. If you had enough faith. So find out what you're supposed to do. All right. So in this situation, in any situation, put your own self in there. Almost everybody in here probably had one sibling who was sick or one sibling who was an addict or one sibling who got all the attention or one sibling who was the perfect one or maybe you were the perfect one, but whatever it was, there was some dysfunction. And so everybody can apply this. Now, when it shows up in your situation of parenting or it shows up in your grandkids or it shows up somewhere where it's really affecting you now. And now this bottled up stuff. So we got to get rid of the bottled up stuff, right? Because then guess what? We can have wisdom from God to handle what's going on now. We can have wisdom from God. We can hear God. But you can kind of know, unless it's a really young child, let's say it's an older child is following some of these things. You're like, oh no. The enemy has gotten bitterness in. It's a root. Okay? It's a purposeful hit of the enemy to make that person angry at God, to make that person angry at people, to make that person blame others, to make that person try to be controlling, to make that person try to get in charge. Does everybody get what I'm saying? To make the devil in charge of how you raise your children, to make the devil in charge of how you do things, to make the devil in charge. Satan wants to be in charge. And repentance is where you stop it all and say, no, God, you are in charge. Forgive me for my sins. And and get rid of justifications. Justifications, things that pop in your head. But I didn't know God then. Will you do now? Just not knowing God then doesn't mean you want to keep the sin from then or the hurt from then or the stuff going through generational lines, right? Justification is when the devil pops something in your thinking to act as if you don't need to repent. People enjoy repentance. He died for it. He paid for it. He went to hell for it. We, all we have to do is say, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you made a way to break this generational curse. Thank you, you made a way to not have me watch my grandkids go through mischief. Thank you that you made a way for me to pray now for my dad to not fall apart with dementia because of mischief that the enemy's able to take a sound mind and the whole family thought was cute and funny, although we weren't there when it was all happening. Do you understand what I'm saying? This stuff is real. Aren't you glad? Otherwise, we have no way to handle anything. So, you do not have authority where you still participate 
in the sin or hold unforgiveness. That's why God says, Jesus says, if you don't forgive, the Father can't forgive you. That's not only about going to hell, because he'll, he'll do whatever it takes to get you to forgive before then. It's about unforgiveness, unforgiveness towards that sibling who made life miserable, unforgiveness towards what's happening in any situation, unforgiveness towards a controlling, critical parent, unforgiveness. What's unforgiveness? You're holding that against them in your heart because you haven't seen your own heart. I've taught this a million times. I'm going to teach it again. This is so powerful. How do you forgive? And this helped her get free last week. And she had horrific things happen to her. You take the person. And it didn't have to be horrific. Okay, maybe it wasn't that horrific, but you still need to forgive. You take the person who hurt you. You take the person, whether it's crit they criticize you, whether they took your friends, I don't care what. It could be little stupid stuff or it could be big, major stuff. If there's unforgiveness, you've become their judge. You hold it over their head. You've made vows you're not going to be like that. You've taken on things to control them. You use that thing somehow that the enemy has kept in your life. So what you do is you forgive, which means, God, I recognize that this, that person it really was an evil spirit that was behind this attack. It was an evil spirit trying to destroy my family. It was an evil spirit trying to destroy my marriage. It was an evil spirit trying to destroy my kids. Okay. It was an evil spirit that killed Lauren. Amen. If you don't believe that, then you have bitterness. If you think that God kills children because he needs them, what God are you serving? Amen. If you think God gave your child a disability. What God are you serving? See, we're so ridiculous. We think we want to act as if we're all bigger than the devil. There's not a person in here bigger than the devil. There's not a person in here close to fight the devil. If the devil showed up to fight you and you weren't hidden in Christ, he'd beat the toodle doodles out of you. And he has. I'm not fighting the devil in my strength. I'm hidden in Christ. And when I don't forgive, I'm not hidden in Christ. And forgiveness, if you took on a real strong judgment or hate, then get with God and ask him to forgive you and tell that thing to come out in Jesus' name. You, you sinned with your anger. Remember, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. We got to get past that. It doesn't matter why you sinned with your anger. It doesn't matter why. Because we're not talking about what they did. We're talking about you. We're talking about what Jesus did for you. We're talking about how Jesus set you free. We're not dealing with them. We're dealing with us. Quit justifying it by pointing at their anger. That's the whole victim mentality that has our nation in a mess. Right? Okay, so once you do that, once you do that, and you break the power, whether it's mischief, lying, whatever the thing is that you judge, that hurt you, that hurt your family, you go in and you ask God, you tell God you forgive them, 
Now, here's what you do. You put, you take that person. Let, let's, say, let's say it was this sister in this situation who was an addict and got all the attention in the family, all the attention in the family. It could even be someone who was sick. All the attention in the family. And everything's, just see your little kid. Everybody's about to go somewhere. And then all of a sudden, this kid does something and everything's canceled. Do you get what I'm saying? It could be that easy of a stuff. And then you think, oh, I must be so bad if that bothers me. You know, of course, we have to stop because, you know, they tried to kill themselves or whatever the mess is. Okay. All that's dysfunctional. But now you sit there and you say, and you mean it, God, that human being was made in your image and your likeness. That human being, that brother, that sister, that mother, that father, that aunt, that uncle, that school teacher, that pastor, that you were made in the image of God, your child. And you take that person made in the image of God and you give them to God. And you say, God, you're a fair judge. God, you're a merciful judge. God, you know, you know what to do. And I give this person to you. And you mean it. You mean it. And the devil can't torment you with thoughts about it anymore. He can't. And then you, but then you can look at that demon that destroyed your family. You can look at that demon that maybe molested you. You can look at that demon that got you to do addiction things or you to have anger issues, that you to have uh, medical problems, okay? You look at that demon and you hate it because we hate evil. We don't patty cake with it. We don't try to appease it. We don't act like it's okay to stay around. We don't try to become friends with it. We hate it. And then we do what we have authority to do as believers. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I hate this evil. And I command it out of my heart. I command it out of my family. I take authority over it. I don't play with it. And I thank you, God, that this devil, and I personally ask that God give it the punishment of Satan, because I fear that's the worst thing. And I command it to go to dry places or to the pit, that's a dry place, where it cannot touch my family again. Now, spiritual law allows it to come out at a certain amount of time. Now, Jesus did, once in a while, Jesus did take authority and they weren't allowed to come back. He knows all things. And unless he shows you to do that, don't promise that to anybody. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? And then you let it go. Now you come into the situation you're in as a grown-up that got you having to go back to your childhood. Right? Now what do you do? Now you ask God to get the anger out of you. Or the shoving everything down, being quiet. Or the, whatever you took on when that bitter root came in. Now you go back and you say, Lord, pull this bitter root out. Pull this bitter root out. How can you, why would you want the bitter? Because I want only the root of Jesse, which is the root that God puts in me. I want only that growing in me and having authority in me to be the Holy Spirit. I only want the spirit of the living God having access to my heart. So Lord, I want that root out. I forgive that person. 
I recognize that if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could have done that. I recognize it was a scheme of the enemy and I break off its power and I repent for everything I did that's related to sin. The love of money, taking care of self, trying to be better, whatever it is. And you spend some time getting rid of that. Okay? You spend time getting rid of that. You spend time getting rid of that. And you mean it. And it may mean you've got to be in God's word. Oh, heavens. It may mean you have to take scripture and cast down imaginations. But you mean it. And then in your current situation, when you know that you're not using anger anymore to handle things, and then you cast it out in the name of Jesus, you cast out jealousy, you cast out whatever you have to cast out that came in in, these, in this package, right? And guess what? All of a sudden you have authority. All of a sudden, you can look at the situation now and get wisdom from God to say, how do I help this grandchild? Or how do I help my spouse? Or how do I help this person? How do I help them? Totally knowing in faith that God's bigger than this, right? Totally knowing in faith that God's bigger than this. And then you do what he shows you. Now you can pray. If it's somebody you can lay hands on and cast it out, you do. In the name of Jesus, it has to come out. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us. Come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.